Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and today I am your only co-host, because we are doing a morning show, and since Jim has a new job where he actually works regular hours, he sadly can't join us. So uh, it's just me today, which is, I don't know if that's a shame or what, depending on how you feel about Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, of course. But uh, I have a guest this morning joining me from Epsom, England. Is that right? Epsom. I got it right. Epsom. Yeah, that's correct. Epsom. All right. Just outside of London uh, with Slytherin Games. I'm not even going to try to say your last name. It's it's Bart, uh, a producer who's – are you a or the producer working on this? I'm the producer on Polaris. Okay. You're the producer. Okay. The producer – on Polaris Sector, an upcoming 4X game from the folks at Slytherin, and oh god, uh, this soft warware. Soft warware, correct. That's hard to say. It, it is, is hard to hard say. Hard to say. I've I've been practicing before the show. Yeah, I've tried to say it about ten times. It's like I, I always have to slow down for the war part. I always have to slow like, <laughs> soft warware. Um, so, uh, folks, a bit of history. This game has actually undergone two name changes. Uh, it used to be called Galaxia Remember Tomorrow, and then it was called Remember Tomorrow. I, I'm not sure if that was the order. Uh, but now, uh, when did they, when did these guys sign with you, with, uh, Slytherin? Uh, they signed a good couple of months back. Obviously, um, we waited for a nice moment to announce it till we have proper materials in place and stuff like that. But yeah, we've been working together for quite some time now. Right. Okay. And uh, that, oh, that's pretty cool. So wait, yeah, you've been wor- so a few months. Were you working together before the signing, or w- was there a period where you're working up to the signing? I don't know how any of that works. <laughs> well, well, after the signing, we started working, but obviously, um, uh, we didn't announce the signing immediately. Oh, uh, okay, that so, makes so sense. There, so there was a period between us announcing it as Polaris Sector, um, and and the signing that w- that we were working on the game. Okay, that's cool. So yeah, for for a good couple of months now, I've been uh, I've been the the producer. On, okay, uh, what what else have you worked on for Slytherin? I, I'll, oh, by the way, folks, a disclaimer: I am kind of a Slytherin slash Matrix fanboy. Uh, I love a lot of their games. Uh, Distant Worlds is my favorite four X ever, and so I'm 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 not I'm I might be a tiny bit biased towards Slytherin and Matrix, but I'm just throwing that out there to be honest. Uh, okay, so what else have you worked on for uh, Slytherin and Matrix? Uh, uh, so a couple of games. Uh, one of the games you're, you're probably familiar with uh, was uh, Star Hammer. Um, oh, I loved Star. We had those guys on a little while back. Yeah. For, oh, I lo- that game was a wonderful surprise. Absolutely wonderful surprise. I I was so shocked at how just not only good that was, but it just. I mean, I'd never really heard of it. I had heard of their original game, but this yep. the new one kind of caught me by surprise. But it's so. It's really something different. It's so tactically satisfying. It, I mean, I mean, just the just the level of things you can tweak every turn for every ship. It's just so wonderful. Yep. You know. Oh wow. Oh, I, that's good to hear because I we we're huge fans of that yeah, game here, here on Space Game Junkie. I mean, we love. I still need to finish it. I, I rarely finish <laughs> games. Uh, there's just there's so many games to play now, which is great. Oh, god, yes. oh yes. my god, it's so great! But yeah, it, it makes it difficult because like I can't finish anything. Um, excuse me. So uh, oh, that's great because yeah, guys, if you guys have not played uh, Starhammer, oh god, the Vanguard Prophecy. Was the Vanguard cool. Prophecy. If you guys haven't played it, 
go. I don't care if it's on sale. No, not. It's what twenty bucks. It's fucking right. worth every goddamn penny. Because seriously, if you're looking for something, kind of a mix of over the Reich slash Actung Spitfire and 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 Starfleet Command, that is your game. I'm not even kidding. I think that's a nice. Uh... It's a nice way of explaining it. That, that, that's what I was totally thinking of, because you know, with if you guys haven't played uh, those the Octung Command, I, I mean Octung Spitfire or Over the Reich, these were games made by um, Aval was it Avalon Hill in the late nineties. Uh, they're like turn based tactical flight games where you control uh, airplanes on like a almost a board really, and they move they can only move a certain amount per turn, they can only pull certain maneuvers per turn, you know, and you it's kind of similar to what you can do in, in Starhammer and it works so well and it makes the game so fluid even though it's turn based. Yep. You know? So yeah, that game is absolutely marvelous. Just really just marvelous. So Oh, I'm sorry. I could gush about that game all day. And we had, that was a great po- that was a great podcast. We had a great time with those guys. Cool. So that's exciting. So uh that that's very cool. Oh, hi Big Game Reviews. Uh so we got a few people watching. Hello everyone. Good morning. Uh I don't know where you all are, but it's it's so early here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm half asleep. Um so now you're working on Polaris Sector, which is an upcoming 4X. Uh, yep. real time, yep. uh, possible real time did remind me in some ways of distant worlds. Yeah, I'm not, I, I, I compare, I'm sorry. I do that with them. <laughs> well, now. distant worlds I'm, has that, has that fame and, and that big following. Yeah. So, uh, so pretty much every 4X coming out now will be compared somehow to distant worlds, especially when it comes from us, especially real time. I mean, turn-based, yep. it's, it's easier to say it's not like distant worlds, it's turn-based, but this is real time. One thing I thought was fascinating about this game is like a lot of um, a lot of games uh, when they're real time, they'll go by a month uh, yep. real time. This goes like the 1.0 speed is three days. Yeah, it does. It does very small chunks of time at at slower speeds. Um, the thing is, what we try to do with this game, <laughs> and I think um, uh, Vladimir from Software War definitely succeeded there, is that you can play it real time, but you can also make it in such a way that it, it's almost a turn-based game because the um, you 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 notice during playing yourself that the game pauses whenever something happens, which but is all great. These, all which these settings great. for auto pause, you can set yourself, you can tweak yourself. Yeah. So you can make it a fully full, uh, real-time game if you want to, or just keep it like this, and it pauses every time something happens, make it, it almost feel like a turn-based game, really. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because there are, like, dozens of options for the auto-pause. Like, it looked oh, like God. about... <laughs> if I recall, there's, like, two dozen options, roughly? Yeah, but they're um, organized in uh, categories, obviously, but... Right. There are yeah. a whole bunch of them. There are tons of so this game is very manageable even though it's real time. It's not it's not like a it's not like a real time strategy game where it's like oh my god I have to select all these units and move them no it's not like that. It's just it moves in real time. Yeah. But it's interesting how the 1.0 time is 3 days and yet like such large swaths of time can go by in this game when you put it on uh was it 20 speed i think is the yeah 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 exactly 20 is the highest one and and to be honest especially in early game um especially with the build you you got your yourself now um you'll be you'll be being on max time uh, quite a a lot yeah Yeah. because like you want to build a ship it'll take two years okay 20 times 
Uh, now, one thing that I did not realize and I should have realized, and this made me feel like an idiot when I was playing it, is ships have fuel, guys. Yep. And, and uh, I, I didn't see the fuel thing there at first. And so I ran out of fuel a lot and I felt like a fucking idiot. Uh, but, um, yeah, ships have fuel. And so I liked how I, you can build tankers and stuff um for that but is there going to be a way that tankers can like refuel or is there going to be a way is there going to be like a component like a fuel scoop or something well or we, sh- we currently have in game it's not a base a standard technology though uh, we're looking at how to balance it but there is a, a refueling module that will become available in game and that will actually oh, okay. um, allow for that and there is um to actually so so that's what the tanker does right it has a refueling module and that allows it to give its own fuel to another ship Right. Now, if you want to have a ship refuel by itself, there is a module that lets you um, use uh, convert solar energy into fuel. Um, but this is obviously a module that takes up a lot of space and it requires a lot of energy right. to operate. So it's not something you will have in every ship because it just sure. takes away stuff you could use on, on other things. Uh, but, but later in game, you definitely want to have big refueling ships with those modules in so they can operate like forever behind line behind enemy lines or or far far away from your own planets right and so when you make a if you made a <clears throat> excuse me if you made a mixed fleet and you had a couple of ships with those uh those uh, modules that would refuel fruit from uh, solar power would it refuel the rest of the fleet as it went if you if you equip them also with the refueling module, then yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's good because I I got annoyed with myself so many times. Oh, this ship ran out of fuel. Now I have to build a tanker to send it over there. To, yeah. I'm so annoyed with myself. Uh, now, one thing I do like uh, that's this is what the, my video is on right now is the research screen. Like so many games have research as a tree, you yep. know, and and that's cool. That works for a lot of games. That's fine. But this game, I kind of liken it to a river. <laughs> it's like it a is. Stream. It is more fluid. Much more fluid. Much more fluid. Like it's just a. It's just a list, and like, it, I like how the game will just. It's just. It's. It is. It is actually researching everything. Like it's just. It's just going. But the thing is, if you don't prioritize something, it'll take four hundred years yeah. to research this one thing. I'm like, I don't have four hundred years to wait. So you actually have to choose priorities. Yeah, you, you have to choose. Well, you don't. You aren't forced to do so, but right. um, it, it's definitely convenient. Like if we're looking at your your game right here now, and one of the things uh, you would have done wisely to prioritize would be the uh, atmospheric dome technology, which would let you colonize uh, planets that aren't Terran. Yeah, that was stupid. That was stupid of me. I, um, I'm, I'm a little impa- <laughs> I'm a little impatient. I don't have a lot. I, I so I just didn't even realize that. Uh, it was great when I was able to finally start colonizing because I, I actually love how colonization works in this game I, I gotta say I love how you can like oh look this plant can be colonized button plan done you know it's just it's just that's clever and if you guys don't know what we're talking about when you find a planet you can colonize um, there's a button there called plan colonization that hovers over the image of the planet it'll it'll show up on the video and um you, you click that, and then you can choose the type of colony you want to make. You want to make a mining colony or an industrial colony. And then you click that, and your closest planet that can build a colony ship will start building a colony ship and send it there. It's yep. just that kind of efficient UI is something I really, really love. You know, So props for that. 
Well, that's something we've been working really hard on is getting, and we're still tweaking it throughout the beta, obviously. Of course. Uh, so it's it's a continuous work in progress, and it 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 really helps when when the the testers give their feedback on on what buttons do they use the most, how do they access those. Um, right. Right. And, and but yeah, so- we're working really hard to keep it convenient, especially when you get into later game where you got like these fast. Uh, empires going on. You don't want to be bothered by building individual colonizers yourself for um, each of the 25 planets you're planning to colonize next. Right, exactly. That does seem a bit that does seem a bit silly. I, I, my empire didn't get that big. I think I got about 11... <laughs> I think I got about 10... No, 8. Something like that. Not a ton of planets, but a good amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to playing more now that you... Okay, guys, just so you know, I forgot to bring this up earlier. This video that you're watching is from two days ago. I recorded this on Sunday. And this this build that I was playing had one race. And so, I mean, that's fine. It's an early access. These guys have already released a patch since then, yesterday, that like adds more races and a bunch of other stuff. I didn't even have time to play it, sadly. Um, but that's just how great these guys are at moving and improving this game. Um, cause yeah, you, you, you messaged me, you emailed me like yesterday afternoon when I was at work, like, Hey, we have a new patch. I'm like, shit, I, there's no way <laughs> I recorded someone else's podcast last night, which yep. is two hours. And then I was like, ah, uh, if I didn't have that, I might've been able to do it. But I was like, fuck. Um, so I haven't even tried that new build yet. Um, so what else is in that build? Remind me what else is in so, that new uh, build like as, of said, t- as of today, as of right yes. now. So we, in the current build that, that it's go, actually going out to the testers very soon. So, um, but with, there we have extra races. So we had two extra races to play with. Uh, the others are waiting to be implemented, but all the materials are there for them, obviously. Um, we added, uh, I think the biggest new feature that will be in there and that will be, uh, the first time we're talking about it for that will be in the, uh, final game is that uh, we added like stuff you can explore on the planet. So while you move your scouts and your colonizers around, you can find hidden technologies, Ooh, um, hidden resources. Yes. And and the part I like most is you can actually find um, hidden ship parts. Ooh. And you can salvage these ship parts. And if you collect them all, as it were, you can reassemble an ancient ship and use that in combat. Oh, oh, I like that. So you're like putting a puzzle together. Like, ooh, I've got an engine. I gotta find the rest of it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's pretty cool. Uh, so how many races are planned for the final game? So in, uh, we'll have, uh, uh, nine different races. That's a good uh, variety. The final game. Um, although I think two of them, as it currently stands, won't be playable. There'll be special races, as it were. Ah, okay. Um, but one of the things is um, that all the races you you can tweak as well. So we got when you right. when you get to the race selection, you got all these modifiers for yeah. the race, and they're set in advance to to match the lore, as it were, or the, the official traits of the race. But you can you can easily mess around with those and redistribute those points. <laughs> uh, so you can play any race any way uh, you, you might want. Of course, the main difference is that every race has uh, different uh, ship hulls, and these hulls requ- are basically what dictate how you can design your ships. So with each race, you will be forced to actually rethink all your designs. Okay. And is there like a race, is there going to be like a race, a custom race you can build? Or, or is it just you tweak the existing races? You tweak the existing races. Exactly. Okay. That's still fine. I mean, nine races is pretty, is pretty damn good. Uh, and I got to say, I did, this, this game has a fairly simplistic ship builder, which is nice because 
I usually can't be fucked to build ships in games. I just don't have the patience. I'm like, I'm not a shipwright. I'm an emperor. <laughs> I'm an admiral. I want to move things. I don't want to build things. Right. Uh, so I like that. Um, I did like that. Not only was the ship uh, designer pretty straightforward. It's just a top down 2D thing where you just plunk down things and you're done. Nothing too complicated. No 3D nonsense. You know, pretty simplistic. Well, there, there are a couple of things to take into account, though, uh, right. that that you might have might not have picked up from your first game, especially okay. considering that the beta you were playing with didn't have a tutorial with it whatsoever, right? Or yeah, manual for that matter. So you're 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 forgiven for stuff you didn't uh, automatically pick up on, obviously. Uh, but for example, you you can see that the uh, ship design there there are different layers in, involved, so yes. you have different decks you can design on, and the bigger the ship, the more decks you will have to play with. And one thing to one of the important things is, for example, that when you place your turrets on the highest deck on top of the hull, essentially, yeah. they got a full 360 degree uh, field of fire. But when you place them inside the hull, they're they're like broadside weapons. Oh, that's pretty cool. So that that's already like something you have to take into account. Uh, and there are a couple of more smaller uh, things that that can have a major impact on your designs. Right, like there, there are portions of the hull, there are portions of the inside that are redded out that you can't build anything with because I think that's probably because like there's engines above there or yep. something. So, uh, yeah, you, I mean, there are limitations to what you can build, but at the same time, there aren't. You know, I mean, you could put a lot of different things in there. There's like, so it looked like if you, if you like toys, there are lots of toys in this game to play with. <laughs> there, there are lots of toys. I mean, lots you, and lots of toys. You can build, you can start designing cruisers that have their own landing force integrated into them if you want. Right. Yeah. Uh, I saw that it's very easy to, for example, to make a carrier because all you need to put, oh, hanger, done, carrier. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. You got yourself a carrier. Yeah. Uh, and I did like how if you don't feel like building, there are preset designs. Yes, as well, which is great because I usually don't feel like building. Well, uh, one of the things we're looking into is to have a, a come up with a good way to let players share their designs as well, so that you can use designs that the other community members. Oh, came that's up a great with idea! Great like, is that going to be like Steam Workshop type of thing? Is that what you guys? Uh, we 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 are not sure yet how to how we're going to finalize that. Okay, uh, like I said, yeah, it's still, we're still uh, in beta. We're still working out stuff, thinking of the best way to to do that kind of practical stuff. Right. So uh, while we're finishing up the design. Right, so you would call this this is not alpha, this is beta. Which this is beta. I don't even know if that means anything anymore. You know, I mean, with it with, is, <laughs> yeah. it's early access. That's what I. That's what I usually say. Early access. Early access yeah. has definitely like blurred the lines between it, alpha and. Beta. I mean, the bl- the lines were all have been blurred for. I I mean, kind of blurred anyway for a while. But I mean, but I mean, yeah, the beta. So we're in beta. Okay, so we're fairly far along. I mean, it felt. I mean, there felt like there was a lot here. And I got to say, I, I don't know, uh, right now my video is showing some diplomacy. I love diplomacy. We're jumping around. I'm sorry, folks. But, you know, I'm kind of reacting to the things that the video is showing, but we're also just going all over the place. Oh, uh, BitGame Reviews says it looks nice in the chat. So thanks, BitGame. It is it is nice. It's a very pretty game, actually. Uh, and, I, and I like how it's still... It, it's still mostly 2, 2D. I think there is a 3D element to the map. I think you can rotate it around or something. Yeah, you can rotate it around a bit, and you can set like how 3D you want the map when you generate your galaxy. Right. Um, right. Personally, I prefer a more 2D map. Yeah, it's just easier. I'm a bit old school that way. Yeah, it's just easier to deal with. But it's nice because I don't know why there's a 2D, 3D de- like debate in space gaming. You know, like... Uh, 
Like so many people are like, oh, Rebel Galaxy looks great, but it's only 2D. Like, so? It's a great game nonetheless. Exactly. <laughs> oh, excuse me a minute. Yeah, so so we have both options, really. Oh, we got the 3D in there if you wanted. So for the purists that say, no, space is 3D, so I want to have it 3D, then... But that's uh, great that you have the option for both. See, that's that's what that's what that's why you know, like I could play Distant Worlds to the cows come home, and that's a two D map, and I'm fine with that because it makes it accessible. Yeah, but exactly. If, if you want a three D map, like Soar of the Stars, or um, uh, I think doesn't uh, Sins of a Solar Empire? I think that also has a three D map. Uh, slightly, kind yes. of, sort of. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's uh, more it's more a graphics thing than an actual than an actual X Y Z thing. Yeah, no, yeah, I gotcha. Um, but uh, so we're in beta. How 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 long has this game been worked on? I mean, you said we're in beta. So how how long has this uh, been? Well, that, that's a bit tricky to say, really. I mean, okay. um, this game follows the core design of a game that Vladimir um, developed and released by himself in Russia only, um, oh. which was then called Remember Tomorrow right. uh, in Russian. Um, so that was Russian only, and he basically, uh, I think that was in the late nineties. So now he took his core design again, wanted to, to modernize it, as it were, expand on it. Um, and that's when we signed with him and uh, rebranded it. And yeah, we're now actively working with him too. But this, so design-wise, I mean, this is literally years of thought went into this. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still adding in the final features and stuff like that. But it's right. been a, it's been a <laughs> good amount of time uh work on this game it felt very stable and even though it was yep. missing a few things like the tutorial for example which i'm sure that's 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 tough i mean you know but, that's so. actually uh the first version of the tutorial was in the uh new version coming going out to the oh testers, the one oh, that's already with you yeah yeah because this version didn't have the version i had folks didn't have either like like bart said a tutorial or a manual so i'm just like okay i think this is how things work um one thing I did like with the planet screen, which is on my stream right now, is that you had specific slots for um, it was it mining, production, and research. Yeah, and you can only build certain things with, and a, a variety of certain things within those slots. So it kind of forces interesting choices on you. Like this planet's much more geared to mining, which mines. Which kind of mines do I want to build? Okay, so but I can't build. I don't want to build one of each type so soon because then that leaves me no room for change later, unless I want to destroy the mines I've already built. Exactly. Uh, so it's kind. It's kind of an interesting feature. I thought that was neat. Now, one thing I I didn't get a chance to notice: will different planets have different amounts of slots? Like, will one planet have like maybe three research slots and two? production slots you know but i generally it's the terran planets that have the most slots that okay. are that have the most um area essentially ground that you can build stuff on okay uh, so if you can have it sometimes in my games i tend to sacrifice a terran planet ignoring all its resources and just saying you're going to be uh, a shipbuilding planet only Right. And they can be extremely effective in doing that. But you make a great sacrifice But because generally these are also the planets that deliver you the most minerals, etc. Right. Um, but yeah, if you have a, uh, for example, a, if you have a Terran planet um, that you're building fully toward build, creating ships as a, as a big shipyard, essentially, you could have 
fit perhaps even six orbital factories on there. Whereas if you have a dwarf planet, perhaps one or two. Um, even though you're not building anything other than orbital shipyards and shipyards. Oh, I see. So you could you could have slots on the planet, but you also have orbital slots as well. Uh, the, the orbital slots are slots on the planet, but they're oh. you know, they're essentially a shipyard, a regular shipyards. Um, delivers general workforce and can let you create fighters, whereas orbital shipyards, they still occupy a, a, a slot on the, on the planet. Uh, but they are the ones that actually let you build the bigger ships. Oh, so it's just a I different see. role. I see. Okay, that makes sense. Now, well, one thing I did like talking about um, the, all those resources and stuff is right on the side there on the, on the left, Yep. Yeah, I really liked how simplified this is. It's not simplistic, but it's simplified that it's an easy to digest. Like, this is my empire's uh, resources um, availability. Yep. And I really like that because, oh, all of a sudden I've got too many ships and I'm losing metal. Oh, shit, or whatever. I got to, like, scrap a couple of ships or build a couple more mines. It, it, it kind of gives a nice snapshot. It does, and and there are also warnings involved in as soon as you go, if you get a negative balance going on, like yeah. negative yeah, yeah. you get a warning. Yeah, and that was another nice thing is the uh, the message system at the top is just very simple, very streamlined, yep. and uh, I, I like how it's it gives you the option to either close, so you're still paused, or close can continue, which I think resumes time if you click that, if I recall yep. correctly. Uh, so yeah, just a lot of nice little UI features, I gotta say, in this game. And I'm, I'm kind of a nut for UI. Um, I'm, a, I'm kind of a usability nut, uh, in game and my, in my regular job. Uh, so I work in, uh, SEO. So, right. um, so usability is a big deal for me. So, uh, I'm really, I, I there are a lot of nice usability features in here. Like, you know, like I liked how, you stayed on this main map most of the time. Even when you were looking at like a solar system or a fleet, it was on the side here, you know? Yep. So you, you, you still, you have that, um, immersion of looking at this like map, like you're in an aircraft carrier, looking at this massive map, moving pieces around a board. And I, I mean, of course you have to go to different screens for research and stuff, but I mean, I like how it kept you on the map a lot of the time because that's just efficient. You know? It is, definitely. So you could tell a lot of work has been put into making an efficient interface, which I really got to say I appreciate. Uh, so how many beta testers do you guys have right now? Uh, so we currently got a, a small first batch only, so that would be uh, somewhat short of 100, I think. Wow, that's 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 more than I was thinking. That's a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to... with. We kind of be slowly expanding that. One of the things we we always try and do with beta testing is um, keep adding in that fresh first look, essentially. So oh, you want to okay. continuously add new people in there, so you you constantly get the first like, how do the first five minutes feel? Because that's so terribly important for a game. Um, make make the, the make the player feel positive about the game. That will make him much more e- eager to learn stuff that wouldn't come automatically. Right, and it'll be nice because the next round of beta testers will have a tutorial. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, they'll actually be testing the tutorial for now. It's the first pass. So, right. 
Right. Uh, so how many uh, beta testers are you uh, – like how many beta phases are there and how many testers do you think will you'll eventually get for this? That, that's tough to say. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't say that at this moment. It, it all depends on, on, on the type of feedback we're getting really and how much stuff is being found that needs to be fixed. Uh, we, we don't generally, uh, like I said, like fixed time for beta since you just right. don't always know what the outcome is. The whole point is of the beta is to let them find stuff that you would never even realize. Right. Um, Makes sense. Now, one thing I got to say I really loved about this game, getting back to it, is uh, diplomacy. Yep. Um, it, it's it's in a way it's different from a lot of other games with diplomacy because like in a lot of games it's like kind of a stack like I want fifteen minerals I will trade you twenty bales of hay for it or something like that. With this, it's much more like a conversation, which it, I kind of is, liked. It is more conversational, but we still have the resource trading in there, etc. So, I so all the basic stuff. That. I couldn't well, find that. <laughs> before you can start trading. Um, uh, with another nation, you need to have uh, you need to sign an economic treaty. Oh, that makes uh, sense. So, um, before that, you need some decent uh, relations with them, either by sending them gifts, either by um, having uh, an open borders treaty with them. So you're already familiarizing yourself with each other, essentially scouting ahead. Right. Uh, but I did love how the races, like when you were talking to them, they felt so different. Like there was one race that was like. They were like, they weren't the naked cat people, but they were like one of these races where they were like, you good, we make treaty, flow through borders, or something like that. And you're like, yeah, All they, right. they were probably the drill. It's, yeah. um, it's definitely the, the text that helps for that. Uh, the text is obviously, we're still proofreading and, and, and making changes there. Um, the other thing is that each race has their own little soundtrack to it um, as well. Oh, really? Um, so oh, even see, if, I... you, if you don't really know it subconsciously, it will. Give you a different feel when you are in that specific research, uh, diplomacy screen with those guys. Oh, that's pretty great. Yeah, I, uh, for for when I'm recording, I always turn music off, so I didn't sadly get yep. to hear that. But uh, that's pretty great. I and I love little nice little touches like that. But yeah, it was it was fun. It was actually fun. Like usually diplomacy in a lot of games, like, uh, what do you want? You know, <laughs> like okay, fine, I'll trade you this for this, whatever. Leave me alone. But this is like because the because the flavor text was funny. It was like, oh, okay, that's kind of fun. Uh, so I was actually enjoying that. And there were lots of, I, I noticed uh, there were a lot of conversational options. Yeah, yeah, there as really well. are a lot of options. So um, <laughs> we, we, we didn't want to go for that um, type of diplomacy system where you can, like, you make an offer and then you say something you want to demand a return. Right. Uh, because usually AI struggle with using that effectively. So we chose for more like streamlined options, but we still have a lot of them, so you can still do a lot. So when you want to make, say you've been at war and you want to sign a peace treaty, um, you can still say, we want a peace treaty, but we want you to pay war reparations with it, or but we want every star system we're currently blocking with our fleet. Um, so... And at the same time, like I said, for for trade, you need an economic treaty. You can also exchange technologies for which you need a, a joint like scientific venture going on. Right. Uh, so there are all these different treaties involved, and it's more, I suppose, a bit more role playingy than than some other systems are. But it has a lot of character to uh, to the game. Right, and uh, it's it's just it's just really fantastic. Um, now, 
What was I going to ask? The AI, even in this early version, seemed pretty competent. Like, they annoyed me many times where I was trying to colonize a planet and they would get there before I did. I was like, ah, you bastards. Um, but the AI already seemed pretty competent. But how much work, yep. I mean, because this is purely single player, am I, am I, am I it right? It is a purely single player game, that's correct. So obviously which, the AI is very important. Which, thank you. I, I, I gotta say, I don't, I, I, I really hate when games try to be both single and multiplayer, and I feel like both of those things sacrifice for the other a right. lot of the time, and I really hate that. So I'm I'm always thrilled to see, like I'm not I don't really care much about pure multiplayer games for the most part, but pure single player games that's great because I mean it takes a lot more work, obviously because you got to do a competent AI and stuff. Uh, so yeah. how much work is going to the AI? Because like I said, they were they were annoying me with like taking plants that I wanted and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the AI is, is receiving a lot of attention and a lot of work. Like you said, it is a single-player game only, so it is extremely important to have that nailed down. So you will see the AI not just attacking you when you're weak, uh, but they'll be constantly harassing you. Uh, they'll be finding planets that are undefended and suddenly land a... a, 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 a Occupation force there taking over your planets where you weren't expecting them. I've I've had the the other day the AI actually signed a an open borders treaty with uh, with one of my neighbors, which whom I was at peace. But suddenly they could appear from from that part of the map as well. <laughs> uh, so they <laughs> so they would launch invasion forces, and they would they wouldn't launch huge ships, uh, but just small um, carriers with uh, carrying planes but mostly invasion forces so they would just land on my planets which were completely undefended and, uh, <laughs> and harass me like that the other thing is you'll see the AI sending out a lot of spies in your system as well sabotaging your planets um, they'll be <laughs> harassing you in any way gathering intel on where your fleets are and using that against you oh I didn't even touch on espionage I didn't even get a oh, chance to fiddle uh, with that I didn't even get a chance to play with that it's something you'll see more uh, in, in mid-game, essentially, uh, and late-game especially. Um, but you have these uh, special espionage modules you can use, and that w- they will allow you to destroy c- certain buildings on enemy planets, disrupt oh. communications, um, gathering generally general intel on where their fleets are, how strong they are, um, what their relations are to the other uh, factions, stuff like that. And the other thing is there's also like a counter-espionage uh, feature in-game, where if you find these spies... Instead of just attacking them, you can choose just to feed them de- uh, disinformation uh, and and tell them lies. So you can you can bluff that you're a lot stronger than you actually oh, are. That's great. Now, and the AI will then start seeing ghost fleets essentially on their map. Uh, <laughs> okay, that kind of leads me to my next question because I was going to start asking because it's got to be difficult to try and develop and publish a 4X these days because there are quite a few of them <laughs> and they're not always successful. I mean, no. it's a, I, I, I don't envy anyone trying to make a space 4X game because there's this line you have to walk between is it Master of Orion or isn't it? Yep. And if it is, how close is it to Master of Orion? And if it isn't, how does it differentiate itself? So there's this like tightrope that it seems like you have to walk there, make... there is. It, it is definitely tricky because um, when as soon as you call something a forex, people immediately have yeah, an idea got, they, of what it is. Yeah, and they get an divert, expectation right away. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. if you divert too far away from it, they'll just react it, reject it completely. Um, 
So what, what we've tried to do here is to take the, the basis of 4X games that people are familiar with, colonizing planets, um, doing right. the combat, etc. Um, the ship design as well. And then try and integrate them with some of the newer features, like the more um, role-playing diplomacy, the the new technology feature. The, what I just right. uh, t- right. talked about, the, the espionage, espionage system. thing. Yeah, a lot like a lot of these things were like the, I'm thinking like this different. These are little things that differentiate it from other 4X games that are, yep. are out there, which is nice. You know, I mean, the real time helps to differentiate it as well. Yep. Um, now I didn't get a chance to toy with the combat too much. Mm-hmm. Um, because I only had scouts, so my combat experience was retreat, <laughs> run, go away. Safe option. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get away. Uh, but it looked like combat was kind of on a two D board. Combat is time. on a two D on a two D plane, real time. Although just possible, like um, like the, the strategy map, so that's, you can just cool. pause the game and give your orders. You can slow yeah. it down and speed it up completely if you want to. Um, it's all about technology, really. It's technology that decides how ef- how effective your ships are. Especially in early game, you'll notice that torpedoes and missiles are the most potent weapons. And um, you, you slowly start to see this change when countermeasures become more and more available uh, to those, like quicker lasers firing to intercept these rockets, um, ballistic computers that will actually calculate the trajectory of the enemy missiles coming in so you can more effectively shoot them down. Um, right. all that kind of stuff and that leads to a, a, a constant arms race when you're, you're advancing you're, you're, you're taking on your enemy you're getting close to their planets they get some new technologies and they start spawning them or creating these ships on their home planets and suddenly you get pushed back again until you get the technology to counter that so you got like this, this back and forth going on and that's all very much technology driven oh, I mean cool. obviously there are still tactics within the battles themselves you want to have your the right troops, uh, ships to counter their ships. Right. Um, send out fighters. Uh, battles can become pretty big as well because uh, there's no real hard limit on how many ships you can put in a fleet at the moment. Right. Um, and on each ship you can, especially on the bigger ships, you can even put like 100, 200 little fighters that you can all spawn into into the battle. So you, you can literally have like hundreds of ships into in a single battle going going at it. Oh wow, that's pretty awesome. Um, so, uh, how many different types of ship hulls are there that you can eventually play with? Yeah, so um, you, you're already seeing in the um, in the current version, um, you start with like a freighter, uh, a corvette, and a fighter, and a, a battle satellite, essentially, or a satellite. Which is a good mix to start with. That uh, that's a good mix to start with. So as you progress, you start unlocking new ones. So after the Corvette, you get the frigate, then the cruiser, then the battleship. So these are your main fleet. Um, you also start unlocking new fighters. So after fight, you get the interceptors, and you get like uh, heavy fighters. Right. And all of these you can give like different weapons and, and stuff like that. And especially the, the battleships, they're just huge floating weapon platforms. You can put anything on there you want. They can have all type of weapons. Um, but the other thing is that with new technologies, actually, you can also keep improving your, your, your smaller ships. So it's not like combat is completely dominated by big ships in late game. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so one of the things is I had like um, some very, very fast Corvettes that were armed with just one laser, but one very long range laser. 
Mm. So if you could just keep them out of range of these of these battleships, where they're these battleships are unsupported, they'll just be slowly worn down. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, now, oh, what was I gonna? I was gonna. Uh, oof, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, in the chat, when we were talking about the four X thing, uh, Bit Game Reviews here says called a moo like, which I would hate if people started calling these kind of games moo likes. I mean. <laughs> The term roguelike, for example, is already this kind of catch-all uh, thing for, was it, randomly generated permadeath type games. Uh, but Moo-like, I think that'd be much more limiting, don't you think, if you called something a Moo-like? Because then you'd, then you'd be saying it's like very much like this one... Yeah, it, it, that it sounds like you're trying very hard to be just like that one. Yeah, um, and there and are some... Sorry, there are some games that are doing that, but a lot of 4X games are are, are trying to differentiate themselves and, yep. with various levels of success, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's it's like there's so many of them coming out, and some of them look great, and some of them are like meh. So it's it's got it's tough. I mean, it's it's got to be tough to see all these other 4X games coming out, and like, okay, how do we? you know, stand out in a crowd. You know? <laughs> it is, it's definitely a tough thing. I mean, one of the good things is that uh, the developer software, he is not trying to make a Masters of Orion or any kind of game. He is really trying to make the game that he would want to play the most. So he's he's right. making his own ideal game, essentially. And we're, we're assisting that, him in that. Um, so so that's more, more of the angle here. Now that, that's that's smart because you know I mean it, I mean there's a reason that a lot of people try and do a a, a moo like <laughs> because it was so because it's moo master of rhyme line two were so successful I mean people still yep. play them people still love them you know they re- they really did set a template but at the same time it's been twenty years I mean next year is tw- is twenty years since moo two came out I think right wasn't it not eighty was it ninety six I think it was Moo Two. I'm not sure. I think it was '96. So yeah, it's it, and it's been more than 20 years since Moo One came out. That was '93, I believe. <laughs> uh, but people are still trying to capture that lightning in a bottle, which which that get that annoys me because like that was lightning in a bottle, you guys. That was a combination of the right time and the right people, and you're not going to get yep. that again. So try so try your own thing. Damn it, just just cut it out. Um, <clears throat> Well, it's it's definitely something that people should take all these these four X games for what they uh, pre- for what they are, and not for what the people playing them want them to be. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So, um, I I didn't get as that big an empire, but I wanted to ask, uh, how does the UI scale? Like, when you have like say later in the game, you have dozens of of colonies. Is, I, is there an easy way to manage all of them? I think it, it, there was like the economic screen. Is that the way yeah. you do it? Uh, there's the economic screen where you can do it from there. Um, that's that's a very good way to do it, actually. Because also in the economic screen on the left, you've got this entire list of all your um, colonies. And you can see in that list, on the, on the top right of that list, there's the little um, little gear sign that lets you actually tweak that list and, and change the order in which they appear depending on the parameters you set. Oh, very um, cool. So you, can, you can easily navigate them, even if you've got a huge amount of, of planets going on. Um, obviously, still, though, uh, the, the game will slow down. When right. you're, I mean, you won't be speed, uh, 
increasing the speed as much and you would be pausing probably more when more stuff is happening. That makes sense, which I like. I like that you have that option. Now, one thing I noticed when you're setting up a game is you seem to have an, if I recall correctly, there was an option for some kind of big external threat to come in the late game. Yep. Now, th- now that is a problem with a lot of 4X games like this is the late game does tend to turn into a like a bog. You know, like, even with Civilization and stuff, it's like, oh, God, I have to... Okay, this city's not building anything. This this scout yeah, is just... Yeah, it, it, it starts to feel more like work. Like. Yeah, it really does. So, I mean, besides that sort of thing, which sounds pretty cool, the, the big external threat, and I want to talk about that, too. But what, like, what, what does this game do to help make the late game more... less of a slog and more fun? Well, one of the things is... Um, Unlike, uh, for example, Civilization, um, in this game, it's not at all efficient to have every um, planet you have be producing stuff all the time. That would just drain your economy completely. So the economic model is not set to support that. Um, Interesting. Because in in other games, that's like you always want to be building something, you know what I mean? And. That sounds like kind of a bucking of that trend, which is nice. I mean, the the stuff you will always want to be building are economic buildings. But those are the stuff that you can automate completely with the, like, planetary governors you set, essentially, with uh, with the policies you set. Oh, I, I, did, I barely even touched that, I think. But, yeah, plants can have governors. That's right. I forgot about that. So that was all automated but when it comes to ships if you have all your planets producing ships all the time there's there's no way your your economy will be able to handle that right cuz ships require upkeep and exactly and and so on so that makes sense uh, and that's well, one of the other things we've been lo- really looking into is to have this constant um pressure to colonize and to colonize against your opponents you mentioned before that the ai will will try and pick off the colonies you might want as well and that's because the way also the the type of planets you can colonize are dependent on your technology. Right. So in the beginning, you're, you're more limited to what you can colonize. So even if you're relatively far away, you still find the same places you want to colonize as your enemy. And then you get more technologies to get to colonize newer stuff. And suddenly these become available and you'll fight over those. And eventually you get to build stations around gas giants and stuff like that. And they will be the only remaining places for extra resources. So you'll be all going after those. So throughout the game, from early to late, there will be pressure to, like, a fight over specific colonies. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, because I got to say, the um, the expansion part of the 4X, X's, uh, it's probably my favorite, the Explore and the Expand. Mm-hmm. And so if you can keep that expansion thing going, even in the late game, that sounds like a really great way to keep the late game interesting. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things... Uh, one of the things we have at the moment is that you'll find that your planets will actually run out of minerals at some point. Oh. And you can research technologies that will let you dig deeper for these minerals. Right. So, so that will help, but they will come at a late point. Um, the other thing you, you can do is, is start uh, building mineral extractions at planets you cannot initially colonize. So first, you, you notice already you need the atmospheric dome to colonize some desert right. planets or frozen planets. Um, for like volcanic pro- uh, planets, you need like a, a, a seismic resistant atmospheric dome. So you need a, an, another tech level beyond that, and that will become that will come several hundred years later. So before you get to that, you're all already digging out the existing um, existing resources. And after that, you'll start doing your your gas giants and everything, like the most horrible places on Earth you could possibly go to. You're kind of forced to go to to extract those resources. 
Right. <clears throat> so, um, so that's, so basically, like, if a planet runs out of minerals, do you abandon the planet or do you find new, do you, do you change what its primary focus is? Uh, you can change its focus. You can, you, you can abandon it, although it's not generally a, the best idea. At the very least, it's good to have uh, refueling stations everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, you can refocus it, or or once you get the technologies to to dig deeper, essentially, you get a bit more profit from them. I I think it's currently set up in a way that you always have a limited amount of of output from these minerals, so they won't go at a hundred percent. It will just drop like eighty, ninety percent, or something. Ah, uh, so it'll be so you're uh, so you're always on the lookout for more places to get more minerals, so you can build Definitely. more, so you can build more fun stuff. Okay, that's good. Um, now will you be able like? Will there be technology that will unlock, like, you saw this one planet and, like, it didn't look like there was anything there, but, oh, now that I've unlocked this technology, this planet has tons of shit that I want. Yeah, you, you will find new new resources or bigger resource deposits depending on the technology you're at. Oh, very cool. Okay, because that will be like, oh, I didn't care about this planet before, but now I want it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's pretty cool. So you not only do you, not only are you rediscovering planets you might have like because that is a thing. A lot of these games, like you'll find a planet. Oh, I can't use it. I'm going to move on. Whatever. But if there's a way, like, oh, this planet is suddenly usable. You know, that's pretty great. So that sounds really like a way to keep um, the board changing, as it were. Yeah. Which exactly. is nice because that's a, that's the thing that you want to keep again the late game interesting, but even the mid game interesting. Yeah. Um, now, what is this external threat that 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 I that we mentioned earlier? What exactly is that? And can like is that a thing where like oh my god, something's going to kill us all? Everyone band together to to um, fight. Is that what it, that is? It can it can definitely become that. It doesn't have to band everyone together. It could just kill them off one by one if, oh, okay. if, <laughs> if that's how you want to play it. Um, but yeah, it's an external threat that is. There's basically a race showing up um, as soon as one player appears to be dominating the game. So to to keep it interesting for the player, essentially, to give him another challenge in late game. Of course, we wanted to keep it optional because sometimes players feel like they're being punished for doing well by those yeah. guys showing up yeah. rather than, than... So so it's definitely an optional thing, but it is something to keep those players who are really interested in the late game, who really want to use all these toys they've been spent years developing um, all these, their own designs, ship designs, when it comes to battleships and cruisers, etc., to uh, give them some target practice. Right, and that that is nice that it's optional because some people don't want that. And I also like another nice uh, nice option was being able to turn pirates off. Yeah, uh, that's another nice option because sometimes, like, I don't want to fucking deal with pirates. God damn it. <laughs> I just want to build and expand and not deal with these assholes. You know, so it's nice that you could turn that off as well. You know, exactly. Yeah, it's also part of like the difficulty, as it were. I mean, pirates definitely provide a more challenging game generally. Um, and the other thing is, I mean, you've noticed it in the options menu as well. You can tweak the auto pass settings. We got so many settings that you can tweak to let you play how how you would want to play this type of game. Right. And the pirate settings and the external threat threat settings are just yeah one of one of those many settings that you can tweak. Now, um, the game already gives you a plethora of options on, like, galaxy setup and race setup and stuff. Because we didn't, we didn't talk about it. Oh, hey, Exploriminate. Um, oh, well, thanks for saying hi, finally. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at the <laughs> chat. I'm just looking at the chat, you guys. I'm reacting to the chat. Don't mind me. Um, um, 
I told thank thanks Exploraminate. I totally lost my train of thought because you had to say hello. <laughs> hello. But now what was I gonna say? Okay, so yeah, there are already a plethora of options. And we didn't one thing we didn't talk about much is the RPG like uh, uh options for setting up the different races, which I, I do kinda like. And and some games offer this and some games don't, but I liked how because in um the RPG like you can tweet you have a certain you have a certain amount of points yep. that you could change different attributes and some po- some attributes are negative so they give you points and some attributes are positive so they take away points. Uh, so will different races because I only saw the one will different races have different options that are tweakable or are they all the same for each race because I know they, each race is different but will yeah. they have like will one race have an option that another race doesn't for example. Uh, no, they will. They will all have the same options uh, in how they do. But by default, they will keep the the presets. So if you play against the AI, the AI will all have their own, um, as as we set them essentially as uh, as developers. Um, so they will have their own playstyle, um, matching the the lore as it were, or their their historical background. Um, so you find that some races are more inclined to do to do espionage. The others are more like the drill you mentioned earlier, are more direct, uh, somewhat stupid-sounding, um, brute force type of races. So they will maintain these characters unless you change it. So, um, yeah, you can you can play the drill and, and pretend they're this huge, technologically advanced guys, giving them great research bonuses if you want to. Okay, that's pretty cool. Now, uh, Exploramine mentioned that the new build has two races, which we did touch upon briefly uh, a little bit ago. What are the two new races that we can play in this build, this new build? So uh, one of them is perhaps not as exciting as the uh, space koalas we had before. I Uh, love the space koalas. (laughs) They're the humans uh, we put in. Oh, humans are boring. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, But they got, again, they got completely different uh, uh, ship uh, types. Well, they got the same, like, Corvette fighter and stuff like that, but the hulls are differently shaped. So you have to redesign all your ships again to to match the the, the human ones. So they'll they'll have different uh, strategies, different tactics combined with that. Uh, the other yeah. ones are the uh, are the cats we saw earlier in the video as well. The the angry cats. Oh, those are funny. <laughs> the, the the naked angry cats. Those are kind of funny. <laughs> I did like them. Um, so, um, besides all the options we already have for galaxy setup and stuff, is there going to be any kind of, uh, mod ability or maybe will there be any kind of, 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 of any kind of editing outside of the game where people can add well, more stuff to it? We're definitely looking into keeping mod ability as, as accessible as possible. So one of the first things people will be able to do, uh, fairly easily because we're trying to keep, uh, the files, uh, source files as open as possible is to, um, implement their own ships, for example. So Ooh. they can create their own ship designs, drop them in, and, and start using them. Um, as for when it comes to actually adding races and stuff like that, I mean, you've seen the, the 3D models we use for them, so that will be a bit trickier for people to do themselves. I do love uh, the 3D models. I, lo- I love how uh, the drills, like, if they like what you do, they give you a nice big, yeah, thumbs up. I, I like, <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome. I like that. Uh, so I can imagine that, but you can if you if you had the ability, you could import that sort of thing if you had the ability to create it. We're looking to to make that stuff possible. Yes. Oh, that's that. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure how far we can actually we'll actually be able to do it, but it's definitely something we keep considering. Um, we, we when we want to implement stuff, it's like okay, but can we make it 
moddable enough, and if not, sometimes we we have to drop something uh, because we can, we want to keep this game open as possible. I mean, we've seen with other games, and and we mentioned it before, Distant Worlds is one of these things that Forex really thrive on on having modding support in there. Oh my god, that game has such legs. I mean, not only is it amazing, but I mean, it's got such legs because of all just the amazing exactly. mods for it. Holy crap! You know, just I mean, there's mo- not only just cosmetic mods, but there are mods that like change the whole universe. You know, that's which is pretty great. Like, what's what's, yep. what's that one amazing Star Trek mod for it that like turns uh, into you know Star Trek basically? Yeah, and not just the ships, but like everything. You know? like, yeah, no, it's uh, it, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy what, what people done with that, and it's really awesome to see actually, because what, obviously stuff like Star Trek is something that we could never do as a company because it's all licensed stuff. Right, of uh, course. But to see that come appear as mod is just it's just really awesome. I know. Now, one thing I didn't no- notice if this game had, because um, I only played like an hour or so of it. Are there like different government types or anything like that? I didn't notice whether the game had that or not. Uh, no, we don't really have different government types so much as in they are it's more or less dictated by um, what you do yourself directly how you manage your pro- uh, planets because you can set like the work hours for your people you can oh. uh, set special edicts for each planet say like let's limit birth control here <clears throat> let's be really uh, yes or, or <laughs> wow. let's do bread and games let's give everyone a year off whatever wow. um, so you That's you can do that manually essentially. So we don't have government type presets, as it were. Okay. And the other thing, of course, there are all the modifiers you set before you choose the game. Like we're going to be a race that's very much into production, or very much into trade, or very okay. much into espionage. So that or that stuff that would generally reflect from the government you choose. So so we don't have that that government superstructure. It's more like you you be your own government, depending on how you play. Oh, that's pretty cool. Because I mean. In a way, some people love that sort of thing where they can change governments and stuff like that. But in a way, that just mo- removes a level of complication, which is which is kind of nice, you know. But it's also nice that you could tweak individual planets like that. That I didn't even yep. get, I didn't even see that. That is pretty goddamn awesome. Is that in the current build that you can do that? It's in the it's just, in the current build. So if you it's in the when you go to the planet <clears throat> planet screen, it's in the bottom left. You got these for build ship build ground troops and there's also one for issue and edict oh, um right. you can choose them from there that's that's pretty amazing <laughs> <laughs> you could do that for now is there a way to apply an edict uh for all your planets or do you have to do that individually you have to do that individually generally you <clears throat> you don't want it for all your planets because right. they're they're um the effects are not limited i mean if you Limiting birth control for your entire empire would basically rid you of any excess manpower. You would have to recruit troops. Uh, so, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't really want that. The other thing is, if you would give everyone, like, don't do anything for the next coming, I don't know how many years, tell the people to just to party, it means that your entire empire shuts down. Right. <laughs> so It's true. Like, no, nothing, nothing is being built anywhere at all, period. Like, nothing is ever, like, you're screwed. But that these these uh, these edicts are also like applied automatically if you have if you set the um, planets to be managed automatically. Uh, oh, okay. That's so. It's, again, it's you can micromanage it if you want to, but we won't force you to do it. I'm not much of a micromanager myself, to be honest. So <laughs> I just I'm just thinking of the Lego Movie now. Micromanagers. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Yeah, I, I can be to a point, but sometimes I'm just like, I don't feel like it now. Just automate all this stuff, and I just want to do one thing and focus on this one thing. So it's nice that you have the option to do that if you if you mm-hmm. want, which is which is really great. So um, so the game is in beta now. Uh, do you have any idea when it might be available for release or pre-order or whatever? Uh, I, I can't really tell yet. Okay. Um, it's, it's not going to be this year. We're definitely looking into. Well, yeah, this year's al- beta. This, this year's almost over for God's sakes. I mean, exactly. We have like less. Um, we have a little more than a month. <laughs> so that makes <laughs> that totally makes. Sense. Like if you so, said that in March, I'd be like, oh. Uh, <laughs> No, so but I mean, and there are still a couple of, of of features. Obviously, we're slowly implementing those now in the betas to have people um, uh, try it and and get their feedback their feedback from that. But you can see that the build you got here is 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 fairly stable. It has a lot oh, yeah. of features in in there already. So so it gives you some idea of of how close we are. Yeah, it feels it feels like like an actual beta where the the base game is pretty much. Is pretty much already been made solid, and now content is being added and features are being added, uh, which is how a alpha and a beta are supposed to go, I believe, traditionally. <laughs> in the good old days. Uh, in the good old days, but now it's all uh, so blurry anymore. I mean, and and I don't know. Do you run into this thing where people don't want to play? Like, I don't know. Is I don't know if you can answer this. Is there any um, plan for this to be an early access title at all, or is it going to go straight to release? Or do you? Uh, not... There, there is no plan for an early access. At okay, point. that's that's good because I gotta say it's interesting. I love early access myself. I'm I love seeing how the sausage is made, but I know a lot of people. I don't know if you've ran into this that have like an early access fatigue. Yeah, like they don't want to touch early access. They don't want to touch things until it's done. And people are, people actually seem surprised when something gets released and it's not an early access title. Like it's just out. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, is that when you know something's coming and you really want to have it, you want to have it as soon as possible. True. And now we've with all these early access releases, we've had that so much. Suddenly we realize, wait, there is a, there is a reason why the game isn't released officially yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is a downside to early access. A lot of people are into where they play it, play it, play it, and not, by the time it's released, they're burnt out. Yeah, they're already burnt out. Well, I mean, we we have done a couple of early access games, and and there might be a few more in the in the in the future. Uh, but they're they're all things where we are actively looking for input um, by the players when it comes to uh, broader design stuff, and not just bug hunting. Like we're we're at the stage where we're in now with uh, uh, with Polaris. And I gotta say, I'm happy Slytherin and Matrix are doing more space games. Um, <laughs> so because am I. they haven't done many, and uh, but the ones they've done have been have been great for the most part. I mean, I'm I mean, I love obviously Distant Worlds, but also Star Shatter. Remember that one? Yep. Yeah, uh, that one was awesome. It was uh, a good while ago. Starships Unlimited, one of my is a favorite of mine. Really. Oh, really? Oh, I love that game. I love the fuck out of that game when when they did a weekly <laughs> sale of it a while back. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, people, you need to buy this. I actually did a video for it, so people could see what the fuck it's all about. Because like, that's one of those kind of forgotten mid aughts titles, you know, that a lot of people yeah. don't remember because it came out like 2006 when nothing or or five or whatever when nothing else was coming out, you know. So I'm really glad to see Matrix doing a few more spacey games because this looks great. Again, Starhammer um, was just fantastic. I mean that game was just phenomenal. 
So, uh, uh, side note: Is there anything more coming out in that for that game? Anything, anything more in that regard? Well, we're, we're currently uh, we have an iPad build of that in beta. Oh, uh, nice! That'd be a great iPad game. <laughs> so we're working on that, but um, I, I can't say anything else yet. But the devs are definitely busy. Oh, that! Ooh, ooh, ooh! Really? Okay, okay, okay. Because okay. I, I was, I really enjoyed that game a lot. I really did. And I'm enjoying this one too. Not to, not to stray off the topic too much of this game. But guys, Starhammer, really great. You should buy it. I'm just saying, it's, it's even full price. Go buy it at full price. It's just that good. It's just that good. That was one of those like really nice surprises. Like it's so hard for a game to come out and surprise you. You know what I mean? Cause so many things yeah. have been done already. So many games use tired. Use a uh, tired formula. So many games trying like copy the success of games past, and that's fine. You know, um, you know, you, you you see what works, you try and emulate it. That's you know fine, but it's it's so rare anymore for a game to just come out and surprise you. you yeah, definitely. And that game was such a pleasant surprise. You know, I mean, I it I mean, sure, it looked good from videos and stuff. It's like, oh, this is a tactical game, but when you play it, you're like. <laughs> Holy shit, the options I have available to me. And, and the graphics are just really, like, when you, when you, when you see, uh, when you think, okay, I'm gonna be honest, when you think Slytherin, you don't think the best graphics, you know, I mean, but that's, that's fine. It's, it's more about the gameplay, and that's totally fine. But this, the game is beautiful, you guys. Seriously. Starhammer, gorgeous. Yeah, that's, that's all credit that goes to the, to the Black Lab games, uh, to the developers. They they work so hard on the on the design of those ships and um, I mean, but not only is it beautiful, surroundings. but not only is it a beautiful game, it's so playable. Yeah, like a lot of games that are pretty aren't very playable, and vice versa. You know, like that's one of the reasons that games like this and Distant Worlds do so well is because they don't have to be really pretty; they have to be playable more than anything else. And and if you make them pretty, that's great, but it's not really necessary. But that game is pretty, and then it surprises you with just how deep and play. Excuse me, how deep and playable it is. So I'm really happy Slytherin is doing more space games. And uh, when they announced this, I was like, ah! So, uh, <laughs> Excellent. But, yeah, having That's what an we were going for. Oh, no, I, I, I did audibly squee. I, I did audibly squee because, again, I'm a Matrix fan and I'm a Slytherin fan. I and uh, and obviously because of Distant Worlds and Starhammer, but not doing another 4x is, is great. But you guys have been doing a lot of great games. Like I just, I'm a little behind, but I just started playing that Warhammer uh, yep. Armageddon game. Holy shit, that's amazing! <laughs> that game is so good. Oh my it's, god, uh, it's it's an extremely solid game, definitely, it's and so it has. Good. Uh, it's it's uh, Warhammer was really screaming for a. A good turn-based strategy game. I mean, they they, they used to they have them a, all the time. Yeah, exactly. You got like Final Liberation. Yeah, uh, that which are all on GOG right now, and I think as yeah. of today went on this big sale. I, I just got I think we just got an email about it saying like GOG is having this big sale, all right. and they're having a, and one of the big sales they're having is all their Warhammer games where you can only get them there. But they have all these great Warhammer games. You know, so they used to do turn-based Warhammer games all the time. Yeah, 
And Good old SSI. S- stop doing that. And uh, yeah. So now, now it's just they jumped in. Actually, wait. <laughs> Way too late if you ask me. It was screaming for moral. I, I always so want more turn strategy games. It's so but, good, and I, I'm I'm glad that like Slytherin is getting beyond just World War Two, you know, traditional yeah. strategy games. Like, there's what's that other game? Sovereigns that you Sovereignty. guys are doing. Sovereignty. So, Sovereignty, Sovereignty is is one of these games that are, that are actually in uh, in early access at the moment. Yeah, uh, I keep meaning to pick it up. It's it looks kind of birthrighty. Yeah, uh, you remember Birthright, the the yeah. Sierra kind of strat- grand D and D strategy thing. Yeah, um, it's um, it's quite a unique game, Sovereignty. To be honest, it has this this beautiful looking map and, and lore behind it. Um, that it's 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 definitely interesting, and there's so much character to each of the races there. But yeah, like I said, it's an early access, so there's stuff continuously being added, being changed, and all based on on feedback by the players. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I keep meaning to pick that one up at some point. I'm totally going to. But yeah, I think the bi- I think the I think people in the chat are already excited about the iPad build for uh, for Starhammer. That that's gonna be that's gonna be great. Um, I've noticed you guys have been porting a lot of games to the iPad. Uh, that seems to be going yep. quite well. Um, yes, def- definitely. I mean. A lot of games on iPad that are um, developed for iPad. I mean, there, there are a lot of very solid games out there. Don't get me wrong, yeah. um, but PC games have the name to be the more complex, deeper. You really have to sit down for those. And well, yeah. they're not. I mean, a lot of people on their iPads want to have the short burst. There are definitely those uh, more serious strategy gamers out there that want to have access to these serious strategy games when they're away from their PC, and that's really where, where our ports come in. Um, like, uh, for example, Battle Academy, like Panzer Corps, um, like Warhammer Armageddon, and they're they're extremely good for that. Uh, we were also doing it the other way around, actually. Um, if you're familiar with the Shenandoah games, yes, yes, they, yes, they were the really Battle good. Like that, Bo- Battle of the Bolds just came out recently, didn't it? It it was out on iPad for quite uh, quite. But some I mean, time for PC, already. I'm sorry, yeah, for PC, and we, it came and we out actually recently, ported yes. that one to PC since we thought so many people are loving this. This is a really awesome game. We want to definitely expand the audience for that. Yeah, I was very happy about that because I don't have an iPad, and uh, I was like, "Oh, that game looks great! I want to play it, but I can't." <laughs> <laughs> well, there were a lot of us with it. I mean, I myself don't have an iPad either, to be honest. So this was for me the first uh, time I could actually play that game too. Right, and uh, so I gotta say, I'm really happy with the hard work you guys are doing over at Slytherin, and I'm, I'm I gotta say, I'm really glad you guys are finally on Steam. Um. Because <laughs> a lot of people wanted that for a long time, and so it's really good. Um, I didn't know if there was a resistance to it or what, but I'm really glad you guys have really embraced Steam. Because well, we are embracing Steam in a sense that we're 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 seeing its its appeal definitely and its convenience when it comes to downloading and updating, etc. Yeah. But at the same time, we're we're committed to offering every everything we offer on Steam. We offer outside of Steam, because which is also nice if people want that option. Exactly, and there is also the way. Like, if you buy the game and we bring it to Steam, we'll give you a Steam key as well, so you which can activate great, your game. Which Steam. is great, and also I I like that when there's a sale on Steam, you guys match usually match the price. Exactly, on your site as well, which yep. is all which is also great. Uh, so you guys, I'm I'm really glad that you guys are embracing because I don't want to shit talk, but I'm going to shit talk. Um, there's a company out there. Um, I'm not gonna. What's their name? Uh, but they're they're an old school digital distrib- distributor, 
and they have not done Steam, and their games are still 40, 60, 80 bucks. Uh, and it really frustrates me because there's this great um, space rogue like on there uh, that no one is really going to buy because one, it's not on Steam. <laughs> I know people who won't buy anything that isn't on Steam. Which why? But okay. Yes, uh, it's unfortunate. But that I don't. Are... I know the opposite too. I know people who yep. refuse to use Steam. Exactly. Which that that kind of even. Honestly, I know Steam is this monopoly kind of sorta, and I get that people are resistant to that. But there are games you can only play on Steam, so you're kind of really limiting. You're, you're, you're limiting. I mean, I'm I'm very much a Steam fan. I got tons of games on my on my yeah, Steam. Yeah, absolutely. But I also get them from like good old games. I used to get them oh, from yeah. Matrix and Slytherin, obviously before I started working here. Right, of uh, course. In which case, the the perks come with the job. You um, get the games where you get the you get the games where the good games are. Exactly. That's how I feel about it. If it's on Steam, great. If it's not on Steam, great. If it's on itch.io or whatever, or GOG or wherever, you get yep. it there. You go where they are. I mean, but yeah, uh, I forget. Shrapnel. Shrapnel. I think that's their name. Uh, they're still doing this really old school model, which doesn't really work. Is I think it's Shrapnel Games. Uh, I've, and I feel bad for that. Is it? Hang on. You know what I'm talking you, you, you know talk about, right? Yeah, yes, I do. Yeah, like I'm really glad you guys came on board with this more modern distribution model, like not just do I mean for a while I'm sure that worked because that's really all there was. I mean for a while it was you guys doing your own thing and what Gamersgate and that was it, you know, for like <laughs> years. But so it's good that you know you 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 guys have been smart enough to branch out. But then you go well, I mean the the thing is for us um uh it took it took a while for us to get to steam, but um Rather now, but at the same time, like I said, everything we do on Steam, we also do outside of Steam. So we got right. we 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 got games that have their own built-in mod manager, as it were, instead of Steam Workshop. Um, we have our own automatic updaters. We we have our own all distribution system, and that that's all been tried. And, and I'm tested. saying that's the way that's the right way to do it because you're yeah. giving people options. Exactly. People love people love and deserve to have options. Mm-hmm. So that's the important stuff. But like you get someone like. I feel really bad for this this one this developer who like he's only on Shrapnel, and people won't buy his game because it's forty dollars on Shrapnel. It would be a ten dollars Steam game that people would be su- sucking up like a vacuum cleaner, but because he's stuck to sh- because he's stuck to Shrapnel, you know, and Shrapnel is stuck in their old ways. It, it just really makes me sad because it's a game people can't or won't play, you know. So it's limiting again. So I'm really just. I know that's a weird tangent, but I'm just really happy to see that Slytherin and Matrix just branched away from that and are giving people more options. Because now that you have Steam and you have GOG and you have Gamersgate and all these options, people want options. People expect yep. options. You know, they deserve options. But they, the big thing is they expect them. So if you give the people options, you're just, you're just that much better in their eyes. So it just, I think you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. That kind of a, that's kind of a circular way of saying <laughs> I'm really glad you guys are, are doing more Steam stuff and I'm really glad you guys are giving people more options. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy with that myself, to be honest. Like I said, I'm quite the Steam gamer myself. So Yeah. Oh, how, I mean, how could you, I don't see how you couldn't be in this day and age because there are so many great games that you can only get on Steam. Well, I mean, you, you, you can definitely do without it, but 
Um, I think that when 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 companies have their own niche sufficiently tied down, we we still see we have a huge community on Matrix only that that aren't related right. to Steam that don't want right. to have anything on Steam. So if if you have that own community, you can definitely like survive and thrive even without Steam. Um, if you ever want to start expanding your audience into the more broader um, gaming groups, and and with some of our games, we definitely want that. I think Distant Worlds is a, is a great example of that. Yeah, I had a much easier time selling people on it once it came on Steam because people, like I was a like a huge like screaming from the mountaintops how great it is for a while, and people were like it's not on Steam, it never goes on sale. Uh, you know? <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. It's so expensive. But once it got on Steam, that 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 hurdle alone was yep. enough for people to deal with the price. That you know, but but once it's on Steam, it goes on sale a little more often. And that made it even easier for me to sell it to people. So it's fascinating that I mean there there are downsides to Steam's monopoly, I'm sure, but at the same time, there's a reason they have the monopoly they have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't deny what they've done for PC gaming. Oh yes, that's very true. So uh, anyway, so that seems like a good place to wrap it up. We've been talking more than an hour, and I I need Gosh, yes. I need coffee so badly, you guys. I had an energy drink. I had a a five hour energy um, before we started, and that it, it was kind of a, one of those generic five hour energies. And it, they should have labeled it like one hour energy because <laughs> I'm I'm kind of facing. I'm, I'm I'm running I'm kind of running low, you guys. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm kind of going like a record slowing down right now. <laughs> Do you guys know what records are? Do any of you remember what records? Are? <laughs> Oh gosh! I know, right? I, 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 no, yeah, my company is very young. I work with a very young company, so sometimes I'll say something. They'll be like, "What?" I'm like, oh god damn it! <laughs> Exploreminate wants to know if he can go. Oh, fine, uh, guys. Uh, there's a site called Exploreminate.com. I think I said it right. I think you guys have .net also, but I don't remember. Um, don't expect my brain to work this early in the morning without coffee, okay? But there's a great site called Exploreminate.com run by two uh, lovable assholes uh, who I just adore. Um, <laughs> they're probably like, fuck you, Brian, right now. I'm waiting for them to type that in the chat. But, yeah, there's Exploreminate.com, and they specialize in um, – in 4X games, and they, I believe they also have an interview with you guys. They, they have a preview up there um, of, uh, of, uh, of a beta version. Oh, okay. Oh, you're asking me to write something? I don't write shit anymore. I do videos. I don't, no one writes anymore. It's all YouTube, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had time to write more. I really do, but uh, full-time job you do what you can but um yeah uh they're pretty awesome go check them out as well guys um yeah so man i want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh (laughs) fine okay oh you wanted to write exploraminate fine yes go cross promote do what you gotta do whatever i don't care Uh, i love you go for it but anyway um bart i want to thank you your name is Bart, right? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Okay. That's oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm I'm <laughs> losing it. Um I want to thank you for taking the time. And guys, you didn't you didn't know this. I didn't mention this, but Bart was 
flexible enough to say, you know what, I could do 5 p.m. your time, Pacific time, my time, uh, if you want. And I was, for a second, that was appealing. For a second. And then I was like, <laughs> no, man, that's like 3 a.m. your time. No one should be awake at 3 a.m. I appreciate that. That is very cool of, of you, Bart, to, to offer that. I just wanted to throw that out there, guys. Bart is awesome for offering that and other reasons, obviously. But I couldn't, in good conscience, ask you to get up at 3 fucking a.m. I mean, getting up at 6 a.m. or 5.30 a.m. or whatever it was for me was tough enough. Um, well, I, to be honest, you can wake me up at any hour and talk about some awesome games. I don't mind that at all. That's true. If someone <laughs> If someone broke into my house... Uh, or someone, no, okay, not broken to my house. But if someone called me at three in the morning and go, dude, I want to talk to Eastern World today. Okay, give, give, <laughs> give me a minute. Give me, let me splash some water in my face. Just, just hang on. But, um, I could do it probably too. But this is a much more tenable hour for both of us, I think. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm losing, I, I'm, I'm losing my mind if you couldn't tell. So, Bart, I want to thank you. Yes, for thank you so much for having me. To talk to me. That, this was great. This was a lot of fun. The game looks great. It's called Polaris. Okay, how do you say it? Polaris or Polaris? Cause I say Polaris. I say Polaris, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy either way, to be honest. Cause I, I say things, people tell me I say things weird. Like there's a new security guy at work and his name is Mario. And so I said, hi, Mario. And was, he's like, wait a minute. Why do you say Mario? Cause I, I say Mario. All my friends say Mario, but there are a few people that say Mario. I'm like, I don't know. I'm from Philadelphia. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not even English, so so I trust whatever you say. That's right. You're not English. What are you again? What, what, I'm Dutch. That's a weird way to ask that. I'm sorry. You're Dutch. <laughs> you yes. live in England. Uh, I do since uh, since about a year. Oh, how do you like it? Uh, it's quite good. Yeah, I, I've never been. I've always uh, much of my most of my uh, heritage, I believe, is British. So I've always wanted to go to England, but I just never never have. Um, but it sounds like a great place, and I watch a lot of British television, so I don't know if that colors my <laughs> colors my view. That's <laughs> definitely worth visiting. Yeah, I, def- I definitely do want to visit. But um, yeah, thank you again so much, and thanks. Uh, say hi to the guys. Yeah, say thank you, to- everyone, all all those watching as well, and thank yeah. you, of course, Brian, for having me and, and uh, allowing me to talk about Polaris. Oh, it's uh, my pleasure. And uh, this game is still a ways off, you guys, but they're taking beta applications now. Right. If you want to get in it, I will. I will have a link in the show notes. Awesome. Um, so yeah, you can't buy it yet. It's not like early access thing where you can go to Steam and buy it. But you got to sign up for the beta, and you got to actually, if you find a bug, you got to tell them about it. So it's not just like buy it and done. You know, you got to actually, you know, get on there. But um, it's in beta right now. It'll probably come out early-ish, mid-ish next year. I'm giving you a big window. So sometime <laughs> within the next 16 to 18 months, it'll come out, you know, maybe 2016. Maybe not. I don't know. Star Citizen taught us you shouldn't, like, throw out years and, and say the game's going to be done in a certain amount of time. Because that didn't go well, did it? Uh <laughs> 2014, yeah, sure. Anyway, um, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, folks, thank you so much for watching and listening to this week's podcast. I'm recording the audio of this one. Not Jim Jim usually does our audio, but I'm recording the audio of this one since Jim isn't here. So I don't know if this is going to sound funky or not. I hope it doesn't. But um, thank you for watching and listening, and we will see you Next week, next week we're going to talk uh, the classic um, Sierra. I think it's Sierra or Impressions, one of those guys. The classic Sierra space game, Space Bucks. We're going to go back in time to the 90s and talk about a classic 
space economic game that I've never played, but apparently Jim says it's a lot like the game he worked on. So we're going to visit it and check it out. So thank you guys for watching and listening, and we will see you next time. Have a good one. Cheers, guys. Oh, and to my American friends, have a great Thanksgiving this week. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Be safe. Have a good time with family and friends. And I hope you all have a lot of great stuff to give thanks for. So have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye.